developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Has the winter season taken a toll on your tile, upholstery, carpet? Call Cyclone Cleaners, 570-726-6200. For all your carpet, upholstery, and ceramic tile cleaning needs, it's Cyclone Cleaners, also offering odor treatment and soil and stain guard. Choose the only cleaning company that supplies the water to clean your home and disposes of it when they are finished. Call Cyclone Cleaners to schedule your cleaning today, 570-726-6200. This episode is brought to you by Major Spoilers VIP members. VIP stands for Very Important People. And their small monthly contributions ensure that this podcast remains free for all of you. If you would like to become a bronze, silver, or gold VIP member, go to members.majorspoilers.com for more information. I sure do thank you for your support. Now, here's your show. You hear that James Tinney and the Fourth is working with Freddie Williams II? Oh, yeah. That's like, that's like eight creators. I know, right? This week on Dueling Review, we take a look at Daredevil number one from Marvel Comics, written by Charles Soule with art by Ron Garney. Back in black on his home turf, Daredevil begins again in New York City as a new enemy emerges. Meanwhile, his alter ego, Matt Murdock, is on a new side of the law in the district attorney's office. Fighting crime in the shadows, prosecuting bad guys in a light, it's a whole new chapter for our man without fear, including the arrival of the Devil's Advocate. Welcome to Hell, Blind Spot. Thank you for downloading and listening to this week's episode of Dueling Reviews. Matthew, oh my gosh, I didn't think that a Daredevil could kick me in the pants with a new number one like it did with Mark Wade Chris Samney run a couple of years ago. I like this book. Cool. You didn't? Not as much. Let me, let me start. Let's go backwards this time because I loved the art. The art in this is really cool. When we looked at uh, when we looked at the Wade Samney run, it was psychedelic colors and it was trippy layouts and all that kind of stuff. This seems to bring it back more into a traditional comic layout and format. It's a lot darker. It's using kind of a monochromatic color throughout either these uh, kind of washed out uh, reds and uh, beiges along with blacks. And then it's got this crazy zip tone pattern all <laughs> over the place, which I just find incredibly refreshing. And with the action all over the page, the art in this really sold this issue for me. I agree on the art. The art is very solid. And as much as I complained about the idea of Daredevil in a primarily black costume again, like he was when he was possessed by a demon, um, it works. And the the red as spot color on that dark costume mm-hmm. with this this particular color palette, the way it's put together, really is amazing. Because Daredevil is always the focal point of anything he's in. That red is the deepest color in the right. whole book, right? which is really beautiful. And even the design of Blindspot, which kind of generic superhero design, but the way mm-hmm. he's working with the, the blacks in that really, really hyper kind of almost yellow-white color, mm-hmm. the heroes stand out from this background, but it really feels like you're in a, you know, a filthy, under-a-bridge kind of New York City feel. So oh, that's, yeah. 
Very and, nice. And then, of course, um, there's only a few other colors that pop up in this comic. Most of it is this red color, but we yeah. get a few greens that pop up, especially when we talk about the nemesis in this uh, story, the Ten-Fingered Man, uh, or ten. whatever his Ten Fingers, I guess is what he's called, not Ten, ten Fingered Man. <laughs> Finger Tens. Um, but yeah, it's just, I really was impressed by the art and the design throughout this whole thing. And I don't know, it's just, it was not what I was expecting when I picked it up and I was incredibly impressed with it. I agree in terms of the art, just the look of the book is very Mm -hmm. solid. And I like the fact that, you know, we go from the strange, the, the fill in color, the zip tone that we talked about is this rusty color when he's fighting basically under the bridge. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we go inside and we're in Murdoch's office. And, you know, of course, Foggy's apartment is got it's got the blue. Right. Murdoch's office has kind of a beige color. Mm-hmm. Each time you have that primary color, it really works. And each time you change setting, that primary color goes with it. He goes from his beige office to the gray courtroom. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we have the bright red with the green accents of Ten Fingers Lair. The color design is almost better than the art for me. I would say that if I were going to put this in a standard review and I were breaking it down, I would actually give the coloring more stars than I would the art. And the Mm -hmm. art is good. Yeah, the art is really good. I love, I mean, I don't know, this is, I I can't compare this to anybody that I've seen before, but, Mm -hmm. so Matt Mila, or Mila, is the one who did the uh, the art, or the coloring in this. Uh, Ron Garney, who, as we mentioned, did the, uh, the art. I mean, it's solid design. It feels like these characters have weight on the page. It feels like Matt Murdock is floating and slowly sinking when he's underwater trying to uh, save Jimmy Lee. Uh, You can feel the impact of the punches in these pages just in the way that each each panel has. And I've I've, we've talked about this before in, in other podcasts in the Major Spoilers Podcast Network. But one of the things that makes art dynamic is capturing the action in mid action, not an extreme, not at the finish, not at the beginning, but mid action. And every time we see action going on in this page, it's in the middle of a punch. It's in the middle of a strike. It is in mm-hmm. somebody getting cracked in the head with, um, with the daredevils, um, little ninja billy stick club. things. Yeah. The billy club. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what makes this from the art composition coloring standpoint makes this issue really work. Yeah, and this is Garney doing something new and different. Garney is a guy who's been around for, I want to say, 15, 20 years. Garney was working back in the day on Captain America, as I mentioned last week. But this is a whole new leaf for Garney, and it's got elements of Daredevil past. It's got elements that I can say, okay, this is maybe a little bit of Frank Miller homage, or this is something that's specifically designed to admit that we are on that Daredevil turf and Daredevil has a specific feel. And it's really, really interesting to see a, an artist this skilled and this experienced trying to do something entirely new and different. And I think the most striking part of the whole thing is what he does with Murdoch. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times when Matt Murdoch is positioned in a page, there's nothing that indicates that Matt Murdoch is actually blind. Right. But the way that he breaks this down, every time you see Murdoch, you're looking right into the deep, mm-hmm. bottomless black of his lenses. Mm-hmm. And he's he's never looking directly at anyone. He's never looking directly – at one point, he's almost looking directly at the, the metaphorical camera. Right. But it really gets across that Matt Murdoch is meant to be blind, and it's really unnerving. It's almost mm-hmm. off-putting 
the way Matt Murdock is portrayed. Murdock in this issue is actually scarier than Daredevil in a well, couple of these panels. And that was the one thing that I noticed that really stood out, especially when he stands up in front of the um, uh, the witness. What's his name? Lee is his last name. And mm-hmm. he's basically saying, hey, I'm blind, but I'm still here to fight justice. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes when we see Daredevil, same way with Spider-Man, they're very flexible, acrobatic uh, heroes. So they're drawn very lithe, very thin, very, you very know, bendy, very bendy. But when you see Matt Murdock stand up, he's got a broad shoulder and he's got a thick neck and he does. He looks like someone who may have some uh, gain some genetics from a, from a, a family member who was a boxer at one time. And it's very we look into Daredevil. <laughs> it's this very is interesting. One, so we don't know anything. I know. About we don't know past. anything about this guy. So it's interesting <laughs> to see him. I know when we see him in the Daredevil costume, he still looks very thin and sleek. But in the suit, he looks imposing as a blind man and he looks like he could take on somebody. Yeah, this is a very muscular Daredevil, mm-hmm. too, which is not necessarily bad, not necessarily different because Daredevil, I mean, well, all your comic book characters do tend to change their their depth right. and their breadth, right? Except for Power Girl. But this is—I mean, this is a very muscular, very broad, very much a daredevil who is as much fighter as acrobat. Mm-hmm. And I think again, breaking down just the design work on Murdoch, the design work on the new Daredevil suit, all of this is painstakingly put together so that when you come into this, even after that Wade Garney or not that Wade Garney run, that Wade uh, <laughs> Samney run. Uh-huh. That was so awesome. You're coming into this and you're surprised by one of Marvel's oldest characters. And that's that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Now, what did you think of Blindspot as the character designed for the costume? You said a moment ago that you thought it was very generic. It is. It's basically a guy in a bodysuit with a Jim Lee, you know, crest head thing that goes mm-hmm. around the face. Mm-hmm. Every third Jim Lee character has that. And the lines don't really give any definition. I mean, there's no... I'm a big believer in symbols or, mm-hmm. or trunks or well, something but, unique in each character. But I think for me, that's what makes this character work and why Blindspot and Daredevil make a unique pairing in this. And we'll talk about the issue and why they're paired up, because here's a guy that is not supposed to be seen. His mm-hmm. costume gives him camouflage from people. And Daredevil is someone who cannot see, but he he has the ability to see Blindspot while he is uh, while he's in um Invisible yes. mode. The ability to perceive. Yeah. Lines. I would agree that the costume is fairly generic, especially when we get the full body shot and it's just that black and white uh, mm-hmm. line drawing. I still like it, though. There's something about it that is beginning superhero, superhero that hasn't found his identity, superhero that's just trying to make it in the world, the superhero that needs to be buy batteries for his costume in order to make it work. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the story. Daredevil okay. Daredevil is back in New York um, yes. and he is now working, as we said, in the uh, prose- prosecutor's office, the district right. attorney's office. So he's actually switched sides because Matt Murder- Murdoch has historically been a defense attorney. Mm-hmm. Something happened at the end of the, the, the Mark Samney run where everyone in the world has. And maybe this is something that happened during uh, Secret Wars uh, 57 or whatever this thing is that's going on <laughs> to where everybody in the universe has forgotten who is under the mask of Daredevil, except for Foggy Nelson. Yeah, I don't like that. Did I mean, is there something that's happened that made this happen? I mean, was something in the Daredevil run, or is this a Secret Wars thing, or, or what's going on here? I, 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 uh, I'm really lost. The really quick answer is what happened was there so was a Daredevil Fisto. TV show. 
Oh, I thought that, maybe Mephisto uh, whispered into everybody's ear and then uh, Daredevil's no longer married. I don't think they've told us what has happened because yeah. the retconning, to my mm-hmm. knowledge, is is something probably that happened in those missing eight months of Marvel. Right, time. and that's a weird thing that I, I'm not sure I really like. I don't know. I, I find it, it feels very much like, it's interesting that Marvel picked eight months because mm-hmm. if they had gone for 12 months, everyone has said, oh, look, Marvel's trying to do one a DC premiere one year later kind of thing, which is... I can understand it because when one year later did that, it was kind of a big hook because people are like, well, what is going on? What is the like new status quo? years ago, dude. I know, but if something works, right. let's, let's keep doing it, right? Well, when you come out of a Secret Wars, it's traditional that there's a time jump. The original Secret Wars took place over the span of seven days in between two issues of Marvel Comics in 1984. So they came back a week later, and then we had to learn what the new status quo was over mm. the course of the next few months of comics. I'm really sort of fine with it. I do not like – I really don't like the fact that Marvel has now done this with all of their major characters. Captain well, and it's America, every, every series, everything. Captain America, Spider-Man, Iron Man, Daredevil have all outed their identities publicly and had some sort of technological or magical framistatory reverse it. And I'm tired mm. of that plot point. I'm really frustrated by the fact that nothing seems to be long term. And I've, you know, I've said that I'm happy in the past, and I am still happy with the changes that Marvel is doing is like. Well, here you get 24 issues to play with these toys. Uh When you're done, you put all the toys back in the box nicely. And that's fine, but it feels like the consequences of Daredevil being outed by the Kingpin are 30 years old. This happened in Born Again in like 1987. Right. And now putting that back in the box, I understand from a storytelling perspective that it's going to open new venues, but I feel like it's really – it's one of those things that you have to either accept or not accept. And if you can't accept it, and I'm having some trouble accepting it, it's going to affect – it's going to color your feeling about this whole run of Daredevil. I oh, think. man. Have I talked about the awesome coloring in this book? You have. <laughs> uh, well, so here's the thing. As you said, if Marvel gives each creator and says, hey, you've got 24 issues or 12 issues or however many issues you have to tell your story and then everything goes back in the box. Mm-hmm. What if – Charles Soule's story is that the only people that know who Daredevil is, is his buddy Foggy. And I don't care what's happened before. This is the story that I want to tell. And I don't have to offer an explanation because this is my story. And in a year to two years, it's all going to reset again with a new number one and a new status quo. And the next person can go in and do whatever he or she wants to do with Daredevil. Is that okay with you? Or does that, or is the continuity thing a, it, a big issue because we've talked continuity before. We've even had episodes on the major spoilers podcast where we talk about F continuity and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Does it, I, I I'm really curious if continuity really matters anymore. Well, I, I've been also on the record as stating that in 1978, when Christopher Reeves, Superman flew around the world to save Lois Lane because she died. I'm okay with that. It's a Superman story. Superman, by nature, is hugely larger than life. Mm -hmm. When it happened with Spider-Man, who is ostensibly supposed to be, theoretically, a more grounded character. By the way, he's not. He never has been. Don't even even try to tell me that he is. The man knows Doctor Strange personally. He fought Thanos in space. That is not a grounded street-level character, but that's another argument. 
when it happens to Spider-Man in 19, whenever that happened, or 2005, it was bothersome. When it happens in Daredevil, it's a potential game breaker for me mm. because Daredevil is not larger than life. Not as much larger than life. I see. Do you remember the Shadowland crossover that I keep referencing where Daredevil was literally possessed by a demon? No, and I don't remember that one. He was murdered at one point, but the mm. demon brought him back from the dead. Mm. These are all parts of Daredevil's past. Right. And when I think of a Daredevil story, there are some people who want to tell a very grounded Daredevil story where he gets beat up standing on top of a cargo thing. And, you know, thousands of people watch it and tell me I have to watch it on Netflix. And there are people who write Daredevil stories where he fights the Mandrill in space with the Defenders. That also happened. I just feel like the retcons in the space of a daredevil story are going to be something that are hard for me to swallow, even mm. though secret wars is all new universe. Technically this is a reboot. <sighs> I don't know. That was problematic for me in this issue. I'm yeah, understanding I'm just, that he hasn't been disbarred right. in New York and he hasn't been out at his daredevil and he hasn't, you know, publicly given up his identity. Cause that was one of the best parts of this very last run was daredevil running around with no mask fighting crime in a three piece suit mm -hmm. and telling people, hi, I'm Matt Murdoch. You can call me daredevil. And now that's gone and right. nobody knows that he's daredevil. And it just feels almost arbitrary. To hmm. me. I don't know. I guess, I guess I'm getting to that point now where yes, I love to say, Oh, you know, at one point, this happened at one point. The, these events happened in, in daredevil's life, whether it be a retcon or whatever. And you and I've had this conversation where you will say to me, uh, not to me, me, but to you internally, me, um, you will say this didn't happen to me. This story does not exist in my mindset personal in con. Continuity. Yes. In your personal continuity, but it does exist. It is there and you can choose whether to accept it or not. And while it is cool to say, oh, did you know that in this issue of so-and-so, Mary Jane and Peter Parker had a child, or that in this episode of The Flash, this happened, and then it really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things as we talk about comics and characters and things that are happening in the now, because unfortunately, it seems like we as a society don't care about the past. We care about immediacy. We care about what's happening now. So the only thing that matters even though the, the Wade Samney run was really great, the only thing that matters right now is Daredevil number one by Charles Soule and Ron Garney. And yeah, it's cool to know Matt Murdock's history and his backstory, mm -hmm. but there may be some things that might be convoluted depending on what author is telling the story. You know, did Stick really help uh, train Matt Murdock in his ways as a younger child or, or not? Stick! You know? And I <laughs> so, think that... I mean, there I have are, a lot. Of, I have questions about how how the identity thing was undone, mm -hmm. but it seems minuscule to me in in this in this in this book at this point. Mm -hmm. And if they try, and I would be totally happy if they never explained it in this entire run. If it was just one of those things that was like, well, yeah, it happened during the the eight months that the time jump happened. Didn't don't you know about the eight month time jump? Uh, and then just leave it alone with that. And because the minute that and J.J. Abrams has talked about the mystery box we've talked about and you've talked about, too, about when you answer a question that nobody really wants answered, it right. ruins it. And I can see that. I think that my issue is, do you remember when Ashley got really, really mad 
that they retconned away Magneto as the Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch's uh, father. father. Mm -hmm. Because that's the only thing she knew and or cared about when it came to Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch. And it was no longer a thing. And it felt like it was being done to appease people who were mad at the movie folks who sold the rights to the other people. That's kind of how I feel about Daredevil's identity in this issue is that it feels like there's an external force at work that we're not talking about. And as wonderful as this art is, the story kind of does some convoluted hoop jumping to get us to a point that's as similar to the Netflix Daredevil series as possible. I wouldn't say that. I mean, have you finished mm. watching the have you finished watching the entire series? I've seen the first four episodes. Of oh, no. Then you need to watch the rest of the you need to watch the rest of the, the series, I because I think by the. the by the end, you would say that this book is not this book isn't trying to, to jump on the um, on the Netflix bandwagon, because if so, this costume would be radically different than what we're seeing here. It would be more akin to what we see in the Netflix series, but it's not. Uh, no. So the Daredevil costume, the actual Daredevil costume at the end of Daredevil is not black. Sure, it is. No, I've it is. Seen, it is big, totally but... it is totally not black. If you're seeing Ninja Daredevil stuff from the first four episodes, that's also not the Daredevil costume. Um, It is a the the Daredevil costume in that series is black and blood red. It's a mixture of both colors uh, and different parts of the costume. This one? No, 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 no. Like if I remember the 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 headpiece, the cowl is is red. And then there are some arm pieces that are black. And I believe the chest is red. I have to go back and look. But it's not it's not a black uh, costume. It's it's Mm -hmm. definitely red in places on that. Um, so not like this also, not the hand wrappings and all that other stuff that we see, uh, in, in this comic, which I like the hand wraps, the boxing. That's, that's all for season two. Uh, yeah, it may be, who knows? Um, so I don't know. I, I'm willing to run with this. Uh, I, the other thing that I like about this is I, I just, as the story is, is presented and number ones are a great chance for, People who have not read Daredevil before to go, oh, here's a new number one of this character called Daredevil, which I've never heard before, except that it had a Netflix series. So I must be looking for a cool comic book that they've based this series on, which it's not. (laughs) But, you know, this introduces us to this conflict. Here's this guy that's being uh, tossed off a bridge and then out of nowhere comes Daredevil going to save him and searching around and through the search under the uh, what is it? The New York River or whatever it is. Um Hudson River, we get to see how his powers work. We get to see how Matt Murdock sees in the murky water environments, because as soon as he jumped in the water, my first thought was, how does his radar powers work underwater? And then, boom, the very next panel, he's like, my radar power senses work differently underwater. And then he goes on to explain it. I was like, ah, that's great. That's doing exactly what I need answered. And then when he comes out, he goes and fights the the members of a Ten Fingers uh, group. And as the fight scenes progress, you start to notice some of these guys don't have fingers. Is this because they've been bad? Is this some meta reference that, you know, they may only have nine fingers or eight fingers and they're trying to, as they achieve higher status in the group, they get a finger back some mysterious way. And then we find out that uh, there's this blind spot character that's a, a uh, hero from uh, Chinatown that feels like they need protection. And so they've created their own hero and Matt Murdock daredevil is there to train him for it. Mm-hmm. Um, which I find very interesting. And, you know, if hell's kitchen has daredevil and Luke cage and Jessica Jones and <laughs> iron fist, uh, why can't Chinatown have blind spot? 
then we find out that Foggy Nelson is not happy with the new status quo and the fact that, you know, uh, Daredevil is bringing this guy into his life that could potentially make problems for him. Then we find out about uh, Murdoch's new life as a, a district attorney or working for the district attorney's office. And then we get the big reveal of who is Ten Fingers. And he's got Ten Fingers on each hand. Oh, that means he's got 20 fingers. Yes, and I'd hate to see how many toes he has. I'm gonna oh, maybe that's his cousin. 17. Ten toes. Ten 20, toes. 20 toes. No, it's little 12 toes. He's a so rabbit. So from the way that the story is played out to us, mm-hmm. I felt like it was a very great introduction to Daredevil, Matt Murdock, the new status quo, without crapping on everything that came before, but giving us something that makes us ask questions and then get answers. Because now... At our cliffhanger, we're like, oh, my God, this guy has 10 fingers on each hand. What's his deal? Come back next week, next month to find out. It's called polydactylism. Uh, there's actually a couple. Don't of confuse me with your with aquatic animal references. What? Nothing. Not pterodactyl. <laughs> no. And it's as ancient. a first issue, I feel like this is solid. Yeah. As an individual story, I feel like this is wobbly. And I feel like as a Daredevil story, it's okay. Daredevil story in the grand scheme of things or just Daredevil story as a Daredevil story? When I bring my Daredevil reading brain Mm -hmm. to a comic book Mm -hmm. and I go, I'm going to read me some Daredevil. And my brain says, what about all this other Daredevil? I say, don't bring that in in here, brain. And my brain says, yeah, that's what I thought. I think your brain can't detach because if you remember uh, and maybe our listeners remember too that when we reviewed the first issue of the the wade samney run i was like holy crap this is so refreshing this is so awesome this is what i want in my daredevil this is so cool and now i'm getting to this and it's an all new daredevil devil and i'm like hey i can get behind this i enjoy this this is good and you love you love new i do and i also but i also can maybe it's because i don't remember every little thing that happened to a character in a comic book you know i can't i can't quote chapter and verse like you can on what issue month year creator story arc minor character etc that appeared in a in an issue that i can kind of disengage my brain from that knowledge and just look at something as it's presented there's no wrong way to read no there's there's not no Mm -mm. and i'm not saying you're wrong Oh yeah, you did. No, you no, no, said, no. I'm just saying you wrong. have. No, I'm just saying you have a different way of. You do things looking wrong at. And no, no, no. You do things different, and that's fine. Um, I'm just saying yeah. this is why I can really get behind this book while still loving the previous Daredevil that came before. Because I mean, let's face it. I mean, Marvel, DC, the publishers, whoever they may be, don't give a dippity darn about. <laughs> A tinker's cuss about the struggling artist. No, they don't give a flippity darn about continuity because, and especially after this whole Telos fiasco over at DC Comics, where they're like, we just want to tell really good stories regardless of how it fits into continuity. I can kind of get behind that now. I want really good stories. You keep calling it a fiasco, but we covered it for two months straight and it wasn't all that terrible. Well, Telos was terrible, but the buildup to Telos and the explication of what's going on with it, the whole we're back to hyper time now for a while. Right, right. Made sense to me. And I, mm-hmm. you know. No, I was I, just getting to the point about, you know, continuity doesn't matter. 
Sure it does. But that's the thing. It only matters as much as it needs to matter. And in mm -hmm. this case, it only needs to matter up to the point where they're telling us, if you remember X, X is now a little different and we'll get around to that. And that's fine. They, you know, there's nothing inherently wrong with that approach. I feel like that it's not for me and that's okay. Mm. Okay. So do you, um, this 10 fingers guy, mm -hmm. is this a new bad guy or is this something that's popped up before? I've never heard of him. Okay. All right. I didn't know. Ooh, look. And yeah. some of these guys don't even have, they have like bionic arms now. Or bionics. Oh, they probably lost all their fingers to where they had to like lose some phalanges. Yeah. I, I can dig this guy. I like, I like. Phalange. And what's really interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Wait. So wait a minute. There's something mm -hmm. that happens at the end of this. Hmm. At the end of this issue. Mm -hmm. Is that blind spot standing behind him? Mm -hmm. I just noticed that because if you go to that final page in the issue and the guy mm -hmm. standing behind him and that T-shirt. Mm -hmm. Now go back to page. What page is it? It's like one of the last pages that we see blind spot where he's lying on Foggy's couch. Uh, no, not, no, that is, uh, that's Lee. That's the guy that he went to oh, save. Look Lee. at the last panel before they show up in Murdoch's er, in, uh, Foggy's apartment where Holy Daredevil is jumping away carp. and he's unzipping his jacket. And then we see blind spot wearing that same t-shirt. Oh, wow. <gasps> Ooh, you caught something. Ooh! <laughs> oh well, that changes everything now. I like this, <laughs> but it, it does put a whole new complexion on stuff, which yeah. is interesting. Yeah, no, I just uh, I don't know. So, bottom line for you, Matthew, is what? What is your bottom 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 thoughts? Bottom uh, bo your what is your bottom on this? My and bottom. <laughs> I'm I'm actually more of a top, but the whole thing is this is okay. This is a really good first issue. And I think that this is an issue that's going to work. And depending on where it goes from here, I think that it's going to make for an interesting new Daredevil piece. But there's also that question of how much of it gets to stick and then your brain gets stuck up in that. So as long mm -hmm. as you're able to you know, divorce your mind from the, oh, wait, does any of this matter anymore? Which, granted, it's all new, all different Marvel. That's, you know, that's been happening with Avengers. Called, it's been at happening. least it's not called all new, all different Daredevil. Right. Or totally awesome Daredevil, which, yeah. by the way, totally awesome Hulk wasn't terrible. I would say, yes, if you're a Daredevil fan, this is a this is a no brainer. This is an interesting new take on Daredevil. If you're not a Daredevil fan, it may be up your alley. I would definitely say check into it. It's it's beautiful to look at. The art's amazing. So if all you're interested in is some really awesome art, this is this is a thing for you right there. I really enjoyed this issue a lot. Now that I've looked more closely at this last page and made the connection to earlier on, this is going to be really fun to see how Daredevil gets out of this. I love the art. The coloring is mind-blowing in this. So well done. Yep. Uh, I like the story. I like the introduction. And as someone who's a casual Daredevil fan and can jump in and out of this stuff – a dare casual. A dare casual. That's what I like to be called. Uh, this first issue is a great jumping on point for new readers, for old readers, for readers who may not even it's know that they like fun. Daredevil. It's, it's an all new, all different number one. 
which leads us to next week's all or next month's all new, all different Daredevil number two. I say pick this book up. It's a big thumbs up for me, or maybe I should say, I don't know. I, may, I better be careful because if I stick my thumbs up, they might disappear. Right. They might cut them off. So, um, yeah, I really, I really dug this, this issue a lot. All right. Coming out next week from Dark Horse Comics, we have Abe Sapien number 29, Alabaster, The Good, The Bad, and The Bird number one. Uh, Eerie Comics number eight. The Good, The Bad, and The Bird? Yes, The Bird, which also may get chopped off and added to a Ten Fingers. Do not not chop a The Bird. Batman 47 comes out from DC Comics. Batman Superman 27. uh, Sorry, Catwoman number 47. Ooh, the other thing that a lot of people will be looking out for next week. Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one. That crossover, gonna be trippy insane, I can just tell you that right now. Uh, DC Comics Bombshells number six, Gotham Academy number 13, that's a Robin War tie-in. In fact, here are all the Robin War tie-ins uh, that uh, come out next uh, next week. Detective Comics number 47, uh, Gotham Academy number 13, Grayson number 15, uh, Red Hood and Arsenal number seven. And that looks like to be it for next week's uh, Red uh, Robin War stuff. If you do want to check out the Robin War, be sure to check out the Major Spoilers website on Thursday, December 3rd. Matthew has a review of Robin War going up uh, very soon for that. Uh, Over at IDW Publishing, we've got Back to the Future number three. Good series, still holding strong on that one. Uh, The Complete Voodoo Hardcover Volume 1, that's a $30 book. Eighth Seal number one. Uh, My Little Pony Holiday Special. Ooh, that's a $3.99 book. Star Trek Green Lantern number six, which I believe is the final issue in that series. That does sound right. I believe it was a six issue mini. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's been going on for a long time. I know, like six months at least. I want to say more like 12. It, which it makes might me wonder. I don't think it's been 12 because it, it was um, released right around the first issue was right around San Diego Comic-Con time. Well, that was like seven six, months ago. Like six months ago, yeah. Uh, oh, Image yeah, Comics. Image <laughs> Comics has uh, Faster Than Light, number four. Limbo, number two. Stronger Monst- Than Dirt. Monstrous, number one. No Mercy, number five. Saints, number three. Symmetry, number one. Violet, number one. And the Witchblade 20th Anniversary Lithograph Collection. That's $30. Uh, so you might want to check that out. Ooh. Marvel Comics has the all-new Hawkeye, number two. Amazing Spider-Man, number four. Black Knight, number two. Deadpool, number three. When does the, I'm guessing Daredevil is now a monthly or are they doing two weeks or do we know what the release schedule is on these books? Most of the all new Marvel stuff is coming out more often than monthly. So okay. I'd expect to see Daredevil number two inside of two weeks. What? Oh, this is a poster. I was wondering why was this $9? The Invincible Iron Man number four poster, $9. Marvel Universe Guardians of the Galaxy number three. Max Ride number two, Ultimate Flight. Scarlet Witch number one. A lot of people no, might want to jump no. on that one. Secret Wars number eight, Swa. Why do they have to tell us? So what is there? Is this Secret Wars number eight actually coming out, or did they add in like three new titles that are coming out in January? Nine. I see. Which has been pushed back into January. So eight is this week, and then nine is out like six weeks from now. Okay. Spider Gwen number three. Spider Man twenty ninety nine number four. Spider Gwen can. Spidey number one. That's also a poster. What's Spidey? Uh, Spidey number one. I'm guessing it's the cover to Spidey number one. I, it's a poster. And I'm guessing the artist by Nick Bradshaw. Star Wars annual number one. Oh, this would have been, you know what? This would have been perfect. Uh, mm. I know that everybody disavows, um, life day or whatever it is. Right. But, uh, Star Wars annual number one coming out in December. Ah, oh, it's almost like they need a life day reference in that book. 
They do. Well, this is the thing. <laughs> if only just a passing B. Arthur reference. Right. You need to talk B. Arthur. You be, you be Arthur. Arthur B. <laughs> uh, totally awesome Hulk number one poster comes out. I'm guessing it's the. Uh, Probably the cover. Frank, yeah, the Frank Cho cover. The cover is actually the weakest part of that book. Yeah, I saw your review today. Not uh, not too bad. Ultimates number two. Uncanny Avengers number three. Oh, next week from and the rest category. Airship Enterprise number one. I'm almost positive. Let me double check. That would be IDW if it was a Star Trek thing. Airship and Enterprise and something, something. Airship Enterprise number one. This is, it is kind of a Star Trek thing. Um, it's from Antarctic Press. Uh, let's see. Victorian. Oh, it's a, the, let's see. What is this going on? Captain Janus Tibbs and her intrepid airship crew are assigned to investigate a distress call from a research vessel. Upon reaching their destination, they encounter a huge field of floating debris, which which attacks their scout ships as they navigate through it. But the, uh, oh, things, no. if you look at the cover art for it, it's all steampunky, but it's definitely the Enterprise on there. So it's Steam Trek. It is Steam Trek. Airship S- Enterprise. Starpunk. Yep, Starpunk. Uh, let's see. Bad Moon Rising, number three. Black Bag, number two. Broken I, Moon, I've number seen three. A bad Moon Rising. I have two. I've also seen a Three Dog Night. Demons of Sherwood graphic novel. I've seen a rubber band. <laughs> but I've seen, seen no elephant fly. I've seen a needle that <laughs> winked its eye. <laughs> uh, you have to be really old. I don't know. Do I've people... seen a horse fly. But I ain't never seen no elephant fly. I've seen a house fly. Uh, different ugliness, different madness hardcover. I don't know who that is from. I don't know. Uh, it sounds like our show. I know, yeah. right? Empire of Blood, number three. Eternal Soul Fire, number five. Grumpy Cat, number three. Grumpy Cat has a comic? It does, and there's already three of them. Oh, I get both. Uh, let's see. Neil Gaiman's Last Temptation hardcover, remarked uh, signed graphic novel. That's $100 if you want that. Yowza. Ninjack, number 10. Precinct, number one. Rick and Morty, number three. That's a third printing there. Smurf Monsters. No, Smurfs. Monsters, graphic novel. Snowblind, number one. SpongeBob oh, Comics favorite. number fifty-one. Sticks album, Snowblind. Yeah, uh, Tomboy number two, and uh, Walking Wounded Uncut Stories from Iraq hardcover, twenty-five dollars. That's, that's just some of the books coming out next week. Next week on Dueling Reviews, uh, we should look at that symmetry. Utopia is here. Hunger, sickness, work, all relics of a long-forgotten past. For the greater good of the human species, all individuality, creativity, and negative emotions have been genetically bred out and medically suppressed. The population is limited to segregated areas where people lead long lives of leisure, games, and socializing. Only one man and one woman seem to notice, care, or think differently. Once they find each other, their relationship sparks a revolution. But will their love cause the salvation or destruction of mankind? Thank you, everybody, for downloading and listening and checking us out. You can show your support for this show and everything we do at Major Spoilers by becoming a very important patron at members.majorspoilers.com. Your contribution allows us to keep this show going, pay for our growing costs, and gives us the motivation to produce more content with you. Thank you again so much for checking out Dueling Reviews, and we will talk with you next time when you're going to hear Matthew say, Run, Barry, run! No, wait, that's the wrong show. 
podcast is copyright 2015 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.